We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to week 12 of Solo Ship. I'm Scroll Patrol. I'm joined by JM DeWin from One Week Season. Uh, JM, the kind of quirk of the Thanksgiving week, I think this is the first Solo Ship show to be recorded while an actual NFL game is going on. Got the, uh, yeah, yeah, how uh, about that? Right now. I'm definitely not watching Tim Boyle. How's he doing? <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't think it's going well. <laughs> I'm just going to make an assumption. Uh, I, I think the Dolphins like just didn't score on a drive, uh, so that was unexpected. But, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's going well for a boy. <laughs> It'd be a disheartening, disheartening locker room for the Jets at this point. But uh, yeah, that's them. This is us. <laughs> yeah. Um, how, how was your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was good, man. I um, it, I only played one roster for in terms of like play. I only played one roster. Um, and it was it was one of those. It's weird the Thanksgiving slate because there's such thin margins. You know, there's so few players to choose from. So it uh, kind of had like everything right, but then had. Logan Thomas and the Lions defense. Whereas if I had like Tucker Craft and the Cowboys defense, I'm like top 5% payouts instead of finishing out of the money. But um, yeah, that was my, that was my DFS play. Thanksgiving. That was good. I'm in Branson, Missouri with um, we got eight adults and six kids under the age of five in this house. So uh, yeah, keeping things held together. Uh, what about you? Yeah, it was good. I'm, I'm shocked. It's so quiet there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Doing, kids are doing rest life. time. So <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, Thanksgiving was good. I uh, I picked up like a fan, another FanDuel live final seat. So that's nice. always always good to have that happen. Um, and it was on like my main roster. And it was like one of those put together a FanDuel roster sometimes. And then, you know, it happened yesterday. I'm like, ooh, this is good. Like, and I basically just faded Tony Pollard, um, who actually, you know, had a pretty good game. Yeah. Uh, but that gave me the money to get like McCaffrey and CeeDee Lamb. Um, and yeah, and it was like the five thousand dollar qualifier where you don't have to be perfect; you just have to beat like nine other people. Yeah, uh, and and so it w- worked out. But yeah, good good Thanksgiving overall. Um, and then you know, speaking of the, the live finals, was at uh, King of the Beach in Miami. You know, the, the week before, so it's 
it, it seems like it's been a long time since we did a show. It was just a week ago. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we had the slate and then the, the uh, Thanksgiving slate. Uh, finished like 31st at King of the Beach. Oh, nice. You know, nice. I, yeah. I had Curtis Samuel and Cooper Cup. Um, and there was just, I wasn't going to get higher than 31st. Uh, I think I was probably the top roster that had either of those guys. Uh, the guy that won it, I think 30K won it. Uh, his roster that won the live final that beat 75 people would have won the slant and it would have finished like top 10 in the million maker. So like, I didn't even need to show up. Like, I know like, nobody else. Did. <laughs> he, he, nobody was going to beat that roster. I think, I think my 150 lineup set did not have a score that high. So yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still- that's impressive. Uh, that's, uh, that's the dream is to have a slate like that. It was like 300 K to first place. Right. Um, I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To have a roster like that in a situation like that, that's, that's the dream. Um, yeah. So speaking of the slant, we had a, I, I had a, a mediocre weekend last weekend, but we had um, got our second first place finish in the slant uh, from the OWS fam this year. So um, yeah, that was, that was cool. We've had um, kind of peppered the tops of the leaderboards of that tournament this season. So uh, fun to see another, another community member take that down and um, rolling forward to this week, man. I really like this week. I don't know. Are you feeling behind at this point? I know that's how a lot of people feel at this, at this point. Yeah, I mean, this is a crazy week for content because you do all the work you have to do during a week. Um, you have to do it by by Wednesday, right, to get it out for the Thanksgiving yeah. sleep. Yeah. And you have to turn around and do all of that work again that you normally do because you just have to do it Friday. Um, and so I think the slate kind of shapes up nicely. There's, there's 10 games. And something I'm seeing more and more this season that I can't recall last other, you know, other seasons being this way is just games I'm totally willing to cross off. And I think it's a factor of the the low totals. And sometimes there are, you know, there's a real divergence of the offenses. And there's some really good, competent offenses and some really bad ones. And when some of the bad offenses meet, you know, and defenses obviously play a role too. Uh, But when the two of the bad offense, good defense teams meet, like we are getting these like 35 game totals. Uh, And where there's maybe a piece from the game you want or could consider, but it's, it's even a kind of a consideration and not really a single entry thing. It's more of a, Oh, I could see this happening. Well, 1% of the time, 5% of the time, like Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. It took me a while to figure out. I mean, it took me like a minute or two to figure out why the total was so low. And I, Oh yeah. Joe Burrow. And I got a little bit sad. Um, you know, I think you could make an argument for like a Joe Mixon. I can, I think you could make an argument for Derek Henry, but it's probably not something you need to have. Like any thoughts on those like four kind of low scoring games. Yeah, there's there's two there two games are off my list. The Saints uh, and Falcons are off my list. Uh, the Patriots and Giants are off my list, but also at the same time, like the pricing on like Demario Douglas and Juju Smith Schuster so low that that doesn't mean like those guys aren't central to my pool, but they could end up you know mixed into rosters and end up on like a single entry roster realistically. Um, I actually so the the Steelers Bengals one I actually think it's a really interesting game. The Steelers allow the fifth most yards per game. The Bengals allow the second most yards per game. Um, there's a lot of things that I won't get into because we do a shorter show here, but there's a lot of things in terms of what makes Zach Taylor good. Like he has a lot of shortcomings, but what makes him good um, still fits well in this spot. And so uh, I like the price tags haven't changed on the Bengals. So like Jamar Chase, it's like, I'll mix a little bit of chase into my large field play. He's not going to be on my single entry builds. Um, Joe Mixon, you can kind of make a case, but uh, not super interesting. But I think the other side of that game is actually really interesting because nothing has changed with the Steelers offense, except that they fired Matt Canada. This is a, an attackable Bengals defense. And what's going to change schematically, not a lot's going to change because you can't change that much schematically. So what you can change is 
who you're emphasizing in the offense. My first thought when that news came through was, man, I bet they get Jalen Warren going. Uh, listening to Chris Long this week, he said the same thing. Listen to Chris Sims this week, he said the same thing. Listen to the PFF guys this week, they said the same thing. Um, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN had a uh, wasn't really a report so much as like a supposition from kind of being around the building that was the same thing. So um, a guy averaging 6.2 yards a carry, playing a defense that ranks 30th in DVOA against the run. Uh, no, I, I think Jalen Warren is very interesting. And I actually think George Pickens is, is interesting too, because um, there's been four or five times this year where the Bengals have been hit for like 100 to 140 yards on seven to nine targets by like fast guys who are capable of hitting for big plays. So um, I think that game is actually more interesting than some of the other low total games. It's, it's interesting. I mean, this is coming from a guy that really considered playing Tommy DeVito or Dorian Thompson, Robinson, <laughs> you know, a king of the beach. Um, you know, it, it, you can always have something from those games that, that kind of pops off. And like, I think Jalen yeah. Warren is, is maybe going to get some steam, um, you know, the turnover at the, the offensive coordinator position. Like you never know what's going to happen, right? Like it, it could be totally different. And this game probably has more unknowns going into it than almost yeah. any other game I can think of recently where we knew like who the two starting quarterbacks were going to be. Uh, but we just don't know, like uh, Browning. I don't even know Browning's first name. Uh, <laughs> Jake Browning. Jake Browning, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's 27. Uh, he's had no real NFL experience outside of preseason. You know, so there's uh, there's not much to go off of, really, you know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, but, I mean, what if the Steelers do play a little bit different? I think a year ago I would have, like, been thinking, like, oh, yeah, Kenny Pickett and George Pickens and – and Jalen Warren's always live. And if he, if Jalen Warren's finally getting in the, the backfield, you know, more to himself, um, you know, after Najee Harris has, has been there and, and played such a big role. So like, maybe this is a team we'd be interested in. Is Pat Fryermuth healthy again? I think Fryermuth's yeah. healthy. Yeah. 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 Um, and he's probably minimum price by now. He's 2,900. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. 2,900. So I think there's cheaper pieces you could pick up. Um, I just, I don't know. I think maybe this is a environment where you'd be swinging and missing more often than you're, you know, than you're hitting. Um, and it's probably also a drafting's only thing. Like my guess is yeah. with Vandal pricing, like I think this new, like these new really bad offenses or maybe the really low point totals, like Vandal pricing doesn't go to level enough on some of these guys um, that you like, that you need to consider them. So maybe Warren, like probably Jalen Warren, probably the running backs from these lower total games and like Dylan Warren in particular. And yeah. What if, what if the Bengals say, well, we're just going to hand the ball off to Joe Mixon. Like that's in the realm of possibilities and, you know, and two, two touchdowns is feasible. Uh, I don't know that it's likely to happen, uh, but yeah, that's why you play tournaments, right? Like you, you're trying to beat 10,000 or a hundred thousand other people uh, who are you know, going to be staying away from certain spots. So it, it's interesting. Um, the Carolina Tennessee game is an, another game that I kind of crossed off my list. And then I kind of thought, well, Derek Henry is facing a really bad rushing defense. Like, why is that? Why are people not more interested in that? Any thoughts on the, the Carolina Tennessee game? Yeah. So the, uh, I guess my question, I was going to, I was going to say this to you before you brought that up was like, how many DraftKings scores are like 27 to 30 plus points are we going to see this, this week? like maybe four, maybe five, right? Like this isn't a slate that sets up for like a bunch of high scores. Can't Derrick Henry do that against the Panthers and can't Adam Thielen do that against the Titans. And so I think both of them are very interesting. And I think one of the edges this week is two, two edges, I guess. One is recency bias. So people are kind of like, Oh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, oh, Texans and Jags. Oh, Bucks, 
defense and Bucks offense, right? Like, I'm not saying those can't hit, but like, I think people are going to be overconfident in those spots. Uh, and then the other edge is the projections, Sims, etc. They're heavily reliant on implied team totals. And so Derrick Henry's just not, not going to pop. Adam Thielen's not going to pop. The Bills passing attack against the Eagles is not going to pop. Um, and to me, those all stand out as like some of the sharpest plays on this slate. So I really feel like there's an edge if we played out this slate a hundred times because some of my favorite plays just aren't going to pop in projections and optimizers. That's all of that is stuff that I noticed when I started running like optimal lineups. I noticed that the uh, Trevor Lawrence is really dominating things, I think, on, on DraftKings. Um, you know, you're getting a lot of Christian Kirk. And I think it feels like maybe third, fourth week in a row, like the team playing Houston um, and some Houston pieces are kind of popping off the page as like an optimal lineup. It's also a game stack. And that was one of the things that happened like last weekend was like you started to have all these Arizona injuries. Um, Houston had some people out like Damien Pierce was out. Um, at, Nico Collins was playing, but the, one of the receivers was out. Noah Brown. Noah Brown, and, yeah. Yeah. And so you started to have like this, this cash game lineup that was actually a really good stack of like, you know, Kyler, you know, a couple of his wide receivers and then pair that with a couple of Houston runbacks. And this was the optimal lineup and actually did pretty well. I don't have as much confidence in like Jack in Jacksonville, like putting up a tournament winning score and having a bunch of pieces there with Trevor Lawrence, um, even though, you know, he had a, a he had a good game last week uh, and he was in that, that winning lineup at King of the beach. Um, but I think there's other places in the bills was someplace I'm like I was looking through my optimal lineups, trying to find bills, right? Trying to find Stefan Diggs. I yeah. think that the Eagles give up the most receptions per game in the NFL. Like Stefan Diggs, like that seems like a good matchup. You know, I I'm surprised and it's the bills, right? Like I'm surprised not to see more like bills in optimal lineups, but yeah, I'm going to basically spread my exposure around. I think my single entry strategy this week is I'm just going to game stack different games, which is not like brain science or brain surgery. Uh, but you know, I, I think that like a game like the Eagles and Bills is going to go overlooked because it's a little bit too expensive for like, the implied point totals. But, I mean, this is Bills and Eagles. Like this could definitely, you know, be a very high scoring game. I think same thing with like Tampa Bay and Indianapolis. I think that'll be a good game to stack. I think that'll be more popular actually than the Eagles and Bills. But, yeah, uh, you know, but I think that it's the Jacksonville-Houston game that a lot of people are going to go to probably more often than that's the stack you need to win a tournament this week. Yeah, I agreed on that. And I think for me, my single entry strategy is, again, you know, I'm going to play typically 10 to 12 different rosters in single entry three max, but um, over 50% of my rosters this week are, are going to be Josh Allen rosters. And so the majority of my single entry three max is going to be Josh Allen rosters. And I, you know, this is some somewhat simplistic, okay, but like, let's look at a, a 27.2 or more DraftKings points which is sort of an arbitrary number, but it's a number I pick for a reason. We won't get into it, but here's the number of times that every quarterback on this slate has gone for that score. Okay. Ritter once, Mac Jones once, Minshew once, Russ once, Lawrence once, Stroud once, Mahomes once, Hurts three times, Josh Allen three times. Here's how many times the Eagles have allowed a quarterback to go for that score or higher four times. So it's like the, and it's between like, I feel like the field is swayed in their picture of the bills by like the talking heads on ESPN who have to craft a narrative, right? The, the bills offense is number two in EPA and number three in DVOA on offense. Like this is a great offense and the Eagles are very attackable on defense. And then, uh, and then 
our, like our sharpest competition who we're competing against for first place, they're very driven by uh, optimizers and by projections and sims, which are driven by implied point totals, which also pulls them away from. So it's like both sides are kind of getting pulled away from Josh Allen. There's this path down the middle where, you know, I ask myself the question of if, if I'm fading a guy, I, I always ask like, am I okay losing? Cause this guy goes off. Right. And I have to answer yes before I fade the guy. And if I go like heavy on a guy, I have to be like, am I okay losing? Cause this guy bombs. I'm okay losing because Josh Allen bombs against Philadelphia. Cause then on top of that, there's the football side where like, we know the Eagles, Nick Sirianni has talked about it. Like he's, he has said, we will never be a team that essentially will never be a team that tries to chess match our way to a win. We will always be a team that tries to score as many points as we can as quickly as we can, that stays aggressive, that puts the pressure on the opponent. And Buffalo is like that same type of offense as well. This is very much a, team, a game where both teams are going to come in with a game plan knowing, hey, we've got to score points. We've got to be aggressive. We've got to tr- attack. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I just love this spot in terms of like what could separate from the rest of the slate. It, to me, it's like the Colts and Bucks are in that conversation. The Jags and Texans are in that conversation, but they're in like a t- clear tier below this game to me. And so, uh, no, I love this. I love this slate because I love – this game, I like Henry and Thielen, and then like all the things I like are low owned. So you're just like, well, let me just skirt around all the ownership and see if what I'm what I like is is what hits, you know? Yeah, I think uh, I think one of the issues with the game is people like to game stack, and it's an expensive game. Like you know, yeah. Allen and, and Hertz are expensive. You know, Diggs and AJ Brown are expensive. So it's it's hard to find value. That actually takes me to my hot take. Uh, so hot take for the week, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, I think. Khalil Shakir and Rashid Shahid uh, combined for 250 yards. My my hot take, and and that's you know two of the the high upside value plays I think you can go to this week. You know, I think on on both sides, but particularly on DraftKings where that wide receiver pricing goes down so far. Uh, do you have a, a hot take ready or? Yeah. Oh yeah, I got one for you. Uh, my hot take is that uh, Jalen Warren and George Pickens combined for 45 or more DraftKings points this week. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That blows my, you can just write these games off, uh, <laughs> right off, right off the page. Um, I mean, it's a hot take. It's not like I'm building all my rosters around them, but I will have some, some pairings of those two on my builds this week. No, I think it's a good one. I, I think like, yeah, people are going to like go past these games. And I, I initially was like just writing them off too. I do think that for, and me, it might be more of a multi-entry thing like that. I would mix in some of these pieces, but I, I I'm probably not going to get there as often as I should, which is weird. Just when I build my rosters, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the game stacks and then filling in some kind of optimal plays around that. And it's probably, I'm probably not going to play these off the board plays as much as I should. I do. I, I kind of keep going back like, to Derrick Henry, but it's, it's interesting. You can probably fit in a lot of these plays and like put in like Derrick Henry and he's probably much cheaper now um, than he has been like at any point. And it's getting to be that time of year, right. Where everybody talks about uh you know, it's like the Derrick Henry December thing, right? He's just in better better condition heading into the last month of the season than than other players are, that the defensive players are that are trying to tackle him. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he's still, you know, what he still has left. But I thought like the Adam Thielen call on the other side is interesting because that matches up so well, you know, for the way that you would want to play against these defenses. Uh, that it's a it's something that's correlated and can hit. Um, and yeah, maybe like. Jalen Warren and George Pickens too. Like it's, you know, kind of correlated and can hit at, at what is probably going to be minuscule ownership. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the, you know, going back to the 27.2 or more DraftKings points, Thielen's tied for the most scores of 27.2 or more DraftKings points of, of any offensive player in the NFL. Like he's tied with Jamar Chase. He's tied with Tank Dell. He's tied with uh, AJ Brown. Like 
Thielen's been doing it. It's just he hasn't done it in the last few games, you know, and now he's playing Tennessee, who's one of the best. You know, they've given up four of those games this year, like all to wide receivers. So it just it sets up well on paper if we kind of move away from the game totals um, and kind of just think about who could put up the separator types of scores this week. But no, I am like broadly speaking, I am with you. Like there's just spots, the Raiders offense, I can, I can cut off my list. The saints and Falcons, I can cut off my list. Uh, like I said, you can kind of make some justification for the Patriots like pass catchers. Cause they're so cheap, but generally speaking, you can cut them off the list. Uh, I, for, to me, Browns and Broncos, I don't, I don't get the Javante Williams um, love against this Broncos defense. Um, like there's just a lot popping in optimizers that I don't get, which I love. A, I love a week like that. Right. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But uh, if we play out a slate like that a hundred times, I'm, I'm going to be a, right enough times to make money off of it because I kind of like, I know this stuff well enough that even if I'm wrong, like I'm wrong, you know, like at a percentage that's just lower than I think, you know, but um, Trevor Lawrence and Jonathan Taylor and, and Javante Williams, like I might have 0% of those three guys. Well, I won't say 0% Jonathan Taylor. Last night I was looking at him and I was like, Ooh, he's kind of sneaky. I might have like 6% of him, you know, and then I looked at ownership and he's like 30%, but um no, I'm gonna be way underweight those guys, and I'm I'm okay with I'm okay with losing because those guys blow up on a random week. Because if we played out this slate a hundred times, I'd I'd make money with this approach this week. Yeah, I think I think so. And Jonathan Taylor thing was something I noticed as well. Um, was that you know Tampa Bay is an offense that you want to attack through the pass, and Jonathan Taylor is too cheap, and so he's jumping off the page at running back and what's you know been a, a bad running back position, you know, especially with Christian McCaffrey on the Thanksgiving slate. Um, and so Jonathan Taylor is seeing some of the highest ownership of any player this week, I think, when you you know start running the, the optimal lineups. Uh, and I think Michael Pittman's going to get ownership as well. And I'd much rather go on the Michael Pittman side or you know, Joshua Downs and pair that with you know Gardner Minshew. And I, I was actually noticing that the Colts have had some really bad passing game matchups the last month or so of the season and kind of been forgotten about. But now they're playing at home. They're playing Tampa Bay. And I think people might just play Jonathan Taylor and, and forget it and say they're getting like their exposure to that game. Like that's a game I have like a lot of interest in just fully stacking. Um, if you can play like Gardner Minshew, you know, play Michael Pittman, you can play Jonathan Taylor on the roster if you want. Um, but then you can play like Rashad White or Chris Godwin uh, and make that kind of a game stack. And it's an indoor environment. Uh, you know, so it's a, it's a game that could go, you know, that could be the game stack you need to have. And I think more people are going to be on the Jacksonville Houston side, side of that game. Yeah, yeah. The um talking about that Bucks Colts game, I think that's very interesting, especially from you mentioned Rashad White, that Bucks side, I think is interesting. You know, the uh I thought this is interesting and found this in my um DFS interpretations, but the Colts have given up uh, this year they've given up scores or yardage of, of 101 yards to Calvin Ridley, but 146 to Nico Collins, 163 to Puka Nakua, 140 to DeAndre Hopkins, 153 to Rashid Shahid. And then Mike Evans obviously has a game of 171 and 143. Like he fits into that bucket of guys who can just have monster games, right? Um, I played him twice this year. It was against Chicago and against Tennessee, the two games where he blew up. So I'm definitely trying to keep that streak going this week because this is another spot where I'm like, oh, Mike Evans. Um, And I think Evans Evans plus Baker plus Rashad White is like a really interesting stack that tells a a cohesive story. Uh, You can play it in single entry play like and, and it makes a lot of sense to bring it back with Josh Downs or Michael Pittman and um and yeah then fill in pieces around that so definitely like that like if I move when I when I move away in places where I move away from that Bills Eagles game um it's going to be like some Stroud because I think it's interesting that I'll say it like this I think this is a week to take price tag off in in our thinking a little bit right because raw points are going to matter a lot more this week because just not a lot of players will score a lot of raw points so 
Like, do I want Lawrence at 6,400 or Stroud at 7,700? Well, in terms of raw points, I just want the raw points from Stroud over the raw points from uh, Lawrence. But yeah, no, I like Stroud. And then I'll have I'll probably my like highest owned guys behind that Bills-Eagles game will be Baker and Minshew and like stacks built around that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, so you had mentioned the New Orleans Atlanta game, not having interest in that. Uh, it's, and there's like two games in the middle, right? So I look at the week as like four low total games. You kind of touched on all of them, uh, at least a little bit, like two middle games, New Orleans and Atlanta and Kansas City against Las Vegas. Um, and then the four higher total games. Um, I guess the Kansas City, Las Vegas side game, you know, you said you don't really have interest in the, the Raiders side. I don't think I have interest either. Um, but the Kansas City side, it, it's kind of interesting. Patrick Mahomes is so still so expensive. Um, I probably yeah. don't have an interest in going there. Um, probably not. Probably going to skip the Taylor Swift, uh, Travis Kelsey. I'm probably going to be like more underweight Travis Kelsey this week. I think than I have been in a while. I'm, I'm usually like over the field on Kelsey because you know he can fill that tight end position. Um, but at Kansas City side, probably going to be playing a good amount of Isaiah Pacheco. I think particularly on FanDuel, but I think on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Um, well-priced and like that's a game that I'm probably just going to play Pacheco or leave it alone. Do you see it the same way? Yeah, no, I think Pacheco is the way to go there. Um, you know, the concern it's, it's especially FanDuel, right? Where touchdowns way more like the concern with him is just, they get in the red zone and they throw the ball. It's like the, the opposite of the lions where the lions kind of somewhat balanced and they get in the red zone and it's like 60% run play rate. Kansas City, I mean, obviously they throw the ball all the time, but in the red zone, they're like, nope, you don't get your touchdown. You know, Pacheco's got four scores on the season. So that's kind of the concern there is his paths to a ceiling game are are somewhat limited, but then obviously he can go for a ceiling game. So uh, no, I like I like Pacheco in that spot. And he's the only guy on Kansas City who I really like. I'm, I'm curious to see, uh, maybe it's going to stop happening just because, um, you know, people are starting to understand how this Kansas City off- offense functions. But I am kind of curious to see like, They've got the highest implied team total on the slate. Is that going to lead to like higher ownership than it should have? It doesn't currently look like that'll be the case, but um, you know, always looking for little little opportunities like that where people focus so much on the team total that they might kind of lean too heavily into that. I think the people who focus on team totals focus on projections so much that projections are kind of starting to understand that this Kansas City offense is unpredictable, so um, probably won't happen. But no, yeah, Pacheco is really the only piece from that offense I'm interested in. Uh, so then the four high to, higher total games, you know, we talked about Jacksonville, Houston. I think that'll be the most popular. I think, you know, Tampa Bay, then Colts, I'm interested in that game, probably be even interested in being over the field on that game. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll still generate some interest. Buffalo, Philadelphia, I, I want to be way over the field on it and just figure out some value pieces that can fail. 
but I'll, I'll put them on that roster, you know, kind of rotate through different value pieces in both single entry and like my 150 build. And then the fourth game, we haven't really touched on Rams and Cardinals. Uh, looks like Cooper Cup is going to play. Like that's the latest word as, as a Friday afternoon. Um, I'm, I'm actually you know, pretty interested in this game and actually interested in it from the Rams side. Um, I think the Cardinals will get some ownership, like Trey McBride is still too cheap on, on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Like he's looking as like one of the best tight end plays this year, and he's still kind of buried down in the pricing. Um, and so I think like I think McBride and Don Kincaid will kind of be competing for the, the tight end ownership this week. Uh, any thoughts on the Rams Cardinals? Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those weird ones where uh, you know the Rams have allowed Dallas. I believe that the Rams have allowed Dallas. And San Francisco to, to put up like a big score against him, right? Nobody else. And the Cardinals, even though obviously Kyler brings a different element to the table, it's still not a great offense. And they they haven't really, really been, been able to put together a, a strong game. And then um, the Rams on offense really haven't been able to put together a strong game. But then also if you kind of just zoom out and say what could happen, it's definitely one of those games that you're like, oh, this could shoot out. This could develop into something special. So uh, yeah, that's one of those where I've had a harder time getting a wrapping my head around it. Um, and the news, so... You know, my Friday schedule, I've got the DFS lab in the morning, then my show with Pete, then my show with you. And so the news about cup playing came out right before my show with Pete. So I've had no time to like process that. And I've just been kind of thinking like, okay, Puka's Puka's the guy and cup's going to be out. So yeah, I really don't know how I'm going to attack that offense. I'm interested in Kyron Williams. Don't really know how to handle the passing attack. And, um, but the Arizona side, you know, I, I think Hollywood's interesting. Let's talk about Greg Dorch. Like, do you remember last year? Like, and, and there was, you know, people, there was like one week where everybody kind of played him and then everybody jumped off of him and he just kept doing what he was doing. Um, I played a little bit of him week one this year. Cause I was like, there was no real clarity on who was going to be starting for them. And I was like, man, Greg Dorch is that dude. And, um, and then he finally gets a chance last week and does it again. And actually kind of took away some, some targets from Trey McBride. Cause that underneath type stuff. So I, I do think Greg Dorch is a really interesting Way to go. Hollywood Brown, The like, I'm not buying these last two weeks, right? Like, last year, he scored 12.8 or more DraftKings points in all five healthy games with, with Kyler. He scored 21-plus in three of those five games. Uh, then he's been a big part of the offense this year before Kyler. So I feel like like he's still a big part of the offense. One of these games is going to come together. So, like, all three of those guys are are interesting to me. I like Marquise Brown on FanDuel. I think I like Greg Dortch on DraftKings. Like, Dortch is one of those 3,300 guys that you know fits in to a, a higher upside, you know, pricier players roster. Um, I think you can play him as a one-off. I I like Dorch because he's really short, and like that makes other people like you don't want like a five to seven wide receiver. Um, but they they don't want to like throw him the ball like in a contested catch kind of situation, right? Like he's not the big bodied wide receiver that's gonna like you know out wrestle out muscle a, a safety for the ball. But that makes you know, they, they, they throw him that underneath stuff, right? Like they throw him and try to get him into space and that just piles up receptions. Um, and so like he gets like six of those catches and 80 yards and suddenly he's got 14 DraftKings points. He's only 3,300. Uh, and I think that, yeah, that can do a lot of good things for your roster. So interested in going there. And then I, I just think of Marquise Brown, you know, as more of a FanDuel play, like more likely to get like, a long touchdown uh, and get the points that way rather than, than piling up the receptions. Uh, I'm kind of interested in Puka because I think everyone's like, I think people are either going to be off this game. I think they'll be maybe scared to play Cooper cup. I'll probably end up over the field on Cooper cup and I'll probably get injured, but then I'll probably, you know, then I'll play some Puka as well. Uh, Cause I think, uh, you know, 
this is the first time the Rams have been fully healthy in a while or have had all of their main offense. Yeah. Is, I think Kyron might be a little bit too expensive, but I'm interested in maybe some Stafford double stacks and then running it back with somebody like Greg Dorch. Yeah. Yeah. Greg Dorch, I just pulled up his game logs from last year. So he had four games, uh, five games last year with nine or more targets. Uh, one of those only four catchers for 15 yards. But the other, and I, I bring this up because I think that the perception of him is like, oh, yeah, but the ceiling isn't that high, right? So one of these, he had seven for 63. One of them nine for eighty. One of them nine for one hundred three, and one of them ten for ninety eight. So it's like uh, ten targets, nine catches. Ten targets, nine catches. Eleven targets, ten catches. Uh, these ninety eight yards, eighty yards, hundred three yards, um, and then two touchdowns that didn't come in those games. And so uh, you know anybody who can get kind of create some space in the middle of the field can score some touchdowns. So uh, yeah, I just, I just feel like Greg Dortch currently coming in with really low projected ownership. Michael Wilson's out this week, so he's going to be on the field again, and. Um, he just, I mean, he, he commands targets when he's out there. Uh, it's the same thing I said about, the, he's not Tank Dell, but it's the same thing I said about Tank Dell in the offseason where he was kind of like this unknown rookie and like you watch all this stuff from training camp and you're like, this guy literally, like once he gets on the field, he's going to get targets because he gets open. He commands targets. Uh, that's what Greg Dorch is. Like once he gets on the field, he does get open and so the ball finds him. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's like he should really, if he's on the field, he should be priced at like 4,500 and he's not. He's priced at 3,300. So uh, yeah, glad glad we had a chance to touch on him a little a little bit here. Yeah, he just strikes me as a guy, and this is maybe very anecdotal just from watching bits of Cardinals games. He strikes me as a guy who's going to get a, a handful of zero yard receptions, and that's as good as like a thirty yard rush. Yeah, and then he's going to break open. Right, then he's going to get like a five yard reception that he runs another 15, 20 yards, and and suddenly you're looking at like at the box score, and well, he didn't have a tremendous game, but it's like, well, no, he had like eight yard, you know, eight catches and and eighty yards or something. Like that's almost as good as two touchdowns. Um, yeah, and so yeah, I, I think I'm interested in George. There's, there actually is a lot of value beyond like the Patriots guys that are probably too cheap and probably going to fall flat. Um, that you know that I think people will own. And I guess any thoughts on the like the cheaper um, the cheaper Patriots wide receiver? Because that is actually something I noticed in optimal lineups is getting like some Mario Douglas up, and I'm probably going to try to stay away from that. Yeah, yeah, I can buy that. I could I could buy staying away from that. Um, you know, I can also buy. I can also buy Mac Jones had that good game against the Bills. Uh, he had that good game against the Eagles. Like he was rookie of the year, his rookie year. Like he he has the skills to do it. He's just like the I think right now mentally he's kind of broken. But coming off the bye, like it wouldn't shock me. Uh, granted, the Giants throw a lot at a quarterback, right? So um, maybe he just maybe he just bombs in this spot. But it wouldn't shock me if he has a good game. So he's a guy I could see having obviously a single entry show, but I could see having like three percent of him, five percent of him in large field play. And um, and pairing him kind of some different ways, but no, I mean I, I would think that I would definitely going to be underweight the field on Demario Douglas. I would expect the field to express overconfidence in him because of just kind of the narrative surrounding that offense and him. Uh, oh, he's the only good player, and he's this shifty, speedy guy. But um, you know, Juju also like Juju's probably going to hit seven, eight targets. He's three K, and nobody's going to roster him. So uh, you could go there instead. Uh, Dorch, I think a better play than both of them, even if they were all priced the same would be how I would, how I would see it. All right. Uh, so that just about does it. Uh, any final thoughts on the week? Final thoughts. My final thought is um, this is just from my perspective, right? Like play what you feel are like the sharpest plays this week. If, if you feel like they're different than what everybody else is playing, because being different is always valuable in DFS, but especially if you're being different with what you feel are the best plays. So um, yeah, I, I built a, I built a, 
roster earlier on my roster building show, there was like a Baker led stack and it was pretty chalky, right? And I tried to talk through like how you do some different things to make sure that it can still beat the other chalky rosters. But my show on my roster build with Overzet, it was probably a cumulative ownership of like 30%. And it's like, you know what? Like, I, well, the defense, we played Chiefs defense, which might be like 20 to 30% on its own. But like outside of the defense, it was like sub 30% cumulative ownership, but it was just my favorite plays, right? And so it's like, uh, I don't know. If I, I love weeks like this. One of my favorite types of weeks because uh, over time you make money on these types of weeks. Yeah, I know. I think that I think it's a good thought. Um, could be the winning ticket. And uh, <laughs> and hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, goes well this week. I do. I think it's a good week to get different. It's interesting. I don't know if there's a direct like effect or correlation, but I wonder if weeks after, you, you know, the chalk does really, really well as like a game stack, did, did people go right back to the chalk? Um, and then I, the, I do. I think this is a week where you could see a totally different game take off and you know, and, be, and be the winning ticket on the week. Um, that'll wrap it up for uh, week 12 of Solo Ship, and we'll see you guys next week.